we, we looked at, we look back at 1 John chapter 2 where John was encouraging believers to give them a word of warning about the world. We heard John tell these believers that we, we should not have love for the world. That's prevalent today. It really is. You, you, can, you can almost see the love that people have of the world in their eyes. And if we, don't have, if we do have the love of the world, the love of the Father is not in us, John told us. John gave three illustrations for loving the world to be careful of. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are living. We then went to the last verses of chapter 2 to see where John finishes this chapter by letting us know that Jesus is still all we need. Amen? Amen. Jesus is all we need. The world is going to offer us everything the world has to offer, and everything that it has to offer under the sun, Jesus is still all that we need. This morning I want to deal with the issue that affects our eternal reward, our children's reward, and the future rewards of hundreds, maybe even thousands of people. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Very familiar scripture. Everybody knows this scripture. The writer of Hebrews, who I believe is who? I, I believe it's Luke says this, he says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and per, uh, uh, perfecter of our faith who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning again asking you to forgive us of our sins, asking you, Lord Jesus, to please bless the reading of your word. Help us, Lord, to, to not just read this one time, or listen as I read it again here shortly in the message. But God, help us to go home and, and read this scripture again and again and again. Because it applies to our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, to follow what this scripture tells us we need to do. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. The title of the, this morning's message is this. We must endure to the very end. We, we must endure to the very end. Well, Pastor White, why are you saying that, that we need to endure to the very end? Because I, I've been in ministry for going on 20 years, full-time ministry, and I've seen so many people, and it doesn't matter how, how old they are, what age they are, what age of, you know, maturity they are as Christians. I've seen people who have accepted Christ as their personal Savior, stayed for a while, and then left. They, they've just left. This message is about endurance. It's about staying the course. We, we need Christians today more than ever today. We need Christians to stay the course. They give up. They give in. They give out. They give up. They leave. They quit. They stop. Why are they doing this? Because they have not endured. Now, first of all, let me give you some reasons. The reasons for enduring to the very end. Now, this message, I have to admit, is one that 
I, I, I tell y'all, I, I, I had to preach it to myself first. Uh, I, I had to feel its effects. I had to sit down and I had to evaluate my life before I could preach it to you. Now, I, I hope that you will allow this message, not because it's mine, but the Scripture to penetrate you. Pay, pay attention to what it's saying this morning. Church, we must hear these words from the Holy Spirit. We must let those words penetrate our heart, and we must make a conscious decision to accept His words and make changes. I, I, or we can deny His words and live our own way which so many are doing today that we're living in. We as Christians must choose to live as the Word prescribes and the Spirit leads. Now that's, that's under, very important to understand. The, the Scripture only says one thing. Exactly, the truth. And the Spirit leads us through the Word of God. It's our job to listen, to pay attention, and to study. Now, I must admit, in times past, that there was a ministry that I had set in my mind to abandon. Now, let me say that again. I want y'all to pay attention. Y'all wake up on Facebook. There was a time in my ministry that I was involved with a ministry that I had set, Miss Desi, I had set in my mind I was going to abandon, to step away from, to not waste one more minute of time, and I felt I had good reasons to quit. Jesse, I was done. I, I'd had enough. Now, let me give you the reasons why I, I felt like I, I had to, to quit. Number one, I had tried, Ricky Tyre, I had tried to no avail. I, I tried. I, I gave personal time to try and, and resolve the issues that were tearing this ministry apart. Carrie, I, I, I gave, it was my personal time. And when I'm given my personal time, I take time away from, from other things. I, I tried. I, if this didn't work, I'd try this. And if that didn't work, I, I would try this. None of it worked, Miss Desi. I was done. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. Why, why do you keep trying when nothing's working? And, and it, it, if you looked at it as a whole, it was a simple fix. But nothing I tried, Miss Dale. Nothing. Nothing I tried or many other pastors tried. Nothing. Nothing was working. Another reason I felt I could step away was this. I took time away from my church and my family to try to fix these problems that continually existed to no avail. As a matter of fact, the person who was causing the problems in this ministry, all these people were coming to his aid trying to help him in this ministry, and it was like he didn't care. That's, that's another reason that, it's on this that should be on this list. The person who was in charge of this man, Dan, he didn't care. Why should we care, right? That's our mindset, and that's, that's where I was. But there was another reason. The third reason was a biblical approach had been taken to try and fix this ministry problem and, and, and problems, and they still remained to no avail. Well, hold on a second, Brother Kyle. What do you mean you, you took a, a biblical approach? Well, if there is a problem, and you see the problem, and you know the problems exist, Deborah, am I, when I see a problem, I, am, I, am I to go to Tommy and say, look, Tommy, I, I see a problem with Deborah's life. I mean, she's, she just ain't what she used to be. Am I, am I to talk to Tommy? No. Who are you to talk to? The, the person. The, the person who is, is causing the problem. I, I, 
I, I took the scriptural approach. I went to the person who was destroying this ministry, and I talked with this person one-on-one. -on -one. And, and, and he asked me, what, what do you think the best thing to do is? And I was like, you need to step down. You, you need to step away. There, nobody has faith in what you've done because of things you have done. You need to step down. It, it, didn't, it didn't work. I, I felt like I was spitting in the wind. Spitting in the wind. I'd taken the biblical approach. Church, I, I felt that I personally had been slandered and quite possibly marred the name of the church I was serving because of the biblical stand that I felt needed to be taken to no avail. I mean, that's enough, is it not? Dan, is that not enough? I mean, I tried. I took the biblical approach. Pastors came. We talked to the person about this ministry. It, it, it wasn't working. He, he, he didn't care. As a matter of fact, he was dragging it even further down. No, nothing was working. And then he was talking junk about me and the church. Tashonda, that's enough, isn't it, girl? Because I'm going to tell y'all, I've told y'all before, you, you can talk bad about me, I'm, I, you know, wh whatever. You talk bad about my wife, oh my goodness, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming after you. Don't, you don't talk about, about my, my, my bride. And that's how I feel about the church. You, you can talk about me all you want to, but if you talk about my church, I'm coming after you. I'm not going to kill you, but, you know, I might, I don't know what I might do, but. I had enough. Ricky, is that, is that not enough? I mean, do you give me permission? Do you stand and say, Pastor, you, you leave. Go. Do, you, do. Go. <clears throat> Church, in my eyes and the eyes of any person who could see these issues, I had done all I knew to do. <clears throat> and I had made up my mind that I was done. I quit. I'm through. I do not need the headaches, the heartaches, any more sleepless nights, nor do I need to divert any more of my attention away from what God has called me to do, and that's to be the pastor of a local church. I'm fine with that. There, there's some pastors, they want to serve on every board. They want to serve in, in, in the local association. They're going to serve, serve, serve. They want to be the moderator. And once they get the moderator, they want to be moderator again. And then they want to serve in the state convention. And then they want to be the, the, the Georgia Baptist Convention president. And then they want to go on the national level. And they want to serve on every committee in the national level. And hopes that one day somebody, somebody will recognize them with what they're doing. And, and they'll, they'll be nominated to be the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. There's a lot of pastors like that. I want you to understand something. Gary Page, I'm not one of them. I, I, am, I am fine, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. I'm not saying anything bad about them. But I, I am fine. I am content being the pastor of a local church, what God has called me to be. I, I'm content with that. My final thought there with this is this. I, I can do no more. The only way for me to handle this situation with this ministry is to be gone. I, I, can't, I can't do any more. The only problem with my thoughts, my attitude, and my potential actions is it did not line up with the scripture I just read. It, it didn't. I, I wanted to. Hey, Carrie, I felt like I deserved to. I, I had been put through enough emotional junk. 
I, I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I'm going I'm I'm to give you just one instance of what took place. This ministry had asked all the local churches to please pray about and divert part of your ministry giving to an entity. Okay? We prayed about it, and we, we supported it, and we gave 2% of our annual giving to this ministry. Okay? Y'all with me? Later on, this person who's in charge of this ministry decides that he's going to take money from that fund and use it for something that's not, de- it's not even designated to that ministry. And asking us to bless it. You can't, you can't do that. that. That would be like uh, Donna Zipper having $5,000 in, in the, the kitchen fund to use for special events. And Gary coming up and saying, look, we're having a men's fishing tournament and we need $3,000 of that, so we're taking it. Y'all think that'd go over real well? No. No. I'd had enough. But God says, nah, you're not done yet. You're not done. Church, I know that each of you in your life have at some point come to the same conclusion of giving up on your ministry, but you scripturally cannot. You can't. Becky, you can't. You cannot give up on your ministry. And if you have quit, you have got to get back into the race for the glory of God. This morning's scripture in Hebrew 12 tells us why we cannot quit. Did y'all see it? Did y'all see it? How, how many of y'all have been in the ministry in times past and it's just like, oh gosh, I'm, I, I got to quit. It's just physically, mentally just sucking me dry. I'm just, oh my gosh. We saw this morning why we can't quit. Reasons we must endure to the end and never give up. Y'all ready? Number one, a cloud of witnesses surround us a cloud of witnesses surround us now who are these witnesses those that have gone before us bear witness to us as we run our christian race that we can make it we are making a difference and that needs to be said listen you are making a difference you you really are By running with endurance, you're making a difference. You might not see that you're making a difference, but you are truly making a difference. I can imagine that many many of our Christian fathers found themselves in situations they did not like, and they were ready to quit. I thank God that they did not quit. They didn't quit. The service and attitude of never giving up no matter what happens is a testimony (coughs) to us to keep on going. As their recorded testimony helps us to make it to the end, our testimony is being watched, recorded, and will make a lasting effect on whether someone quits their race or endures to the very end. You know, Lisa May was the, the minister of music here for 30-plus years. Uh, I can imagine in those 30 years, she encountered some things <clears throat> that she decided, okay, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm done. 
It might have been when they hired me as the pastor here. I, I don't know. But she never showed it. She, she never showed it. She showed up and she faithfully served this church for 30 plus years. Now, I wasn't here the whole 30 plus years. So, some of y'all were. And listen, I'm sure that some of y'all watched her ministry, not knowing, you, you don't have to know what took place, but you saw her ministry. You saw what she did here at this church for 30 plus years. And because of her testimony, you are now currently enduring. You face something that kind of ruffled the waters of your ministry feathers. And, and, and you said, I remember Lisa never gave up. She never gave up. She endured to the end. I, I'm, I'm going to be the same person. I'm going to run my race the same way. Church, understand something. Look, look up here. Somebody is watching you run the race in the same way. They're watching to see if you're giving up, if you're giving in. They're, they're running, they're, they're watching, seeing how you're going to finish this race. Now, I, I want to also throw this in here. This is in the notes. There's also those who are watching you run the race that hope you trip and fall. They're, they're counting on it. They're hoping that you trip and fall so they can look at you and say, see, this Jesus wasn't worth it. You need to watch out for those people. Don't pay any attention to them. But there's a great cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us that we need to run this race for. Now, I have a question. What, where, where must our strength come from for this endurance that we're talking about? We've got to endure to the end. Deborah, where are we going to get strength for this? Have y'all walked outside? I don't know what's going on with my body right now. Maybe it's the heat, and I, I still haven't gotten adjusted to the Savannah weather after nine, almost nine years. But, Ricky, I'll go outside, and, and I'll just walk to the car, walk to the mailbox, not even step hard, and I'm sweating like, I mean, a hog, just pouring the sweat. I came in and looked at Amy the other day. I, I was just taking stuff out, throwing it in the back of the truck and coming back into the air condition. Amy looked and she said, what is wrong with you? You look like you just came out of the shower. I'd wipe down and 10 seconds later, I'm just pouring sweat again. I, listen, what, what do we need for endurance? What is it that we need for endurance? What do runners and athletes do when pre preparing for an event? Because, I mean, that's what we're talking about, running a race. What do athletes do to prepare? Number one, they exercise. They eat plenty of carbs for, for energy, and they get plenty of rest the night before an event. <clears throat> they all do. Uh, Angie, she's done probably more 5Ks than anybody in here. And, you, I mean, the, the night before, you get plenty of sleep, and you get plenty of fluids, and you eat plenty of carbs, right? Oh, yeah. Now, if you're not mentally and physically ready for competition, they will, they will, <coughs> they, you'll, you'll have to stop in the middle of the race, or you may have to quit altogether. You just have to stop. You have to be ready. They must be ready at the, the very start of the race, or they will not succeed in the end. Now, church, we must be ready as we come to the starting line of our spiritual race. We've got to be ready. Well, how, how in the world can we be ready? Well, Scripture this morning told us. It said, lay aside every weight and sin that easily ensnares you. I don't know what yours is. I know what mine is. Lay it aside. Get rid of it. 
the best you can. It weights you down. Next, we, we see in verse 5, we, I mean, excuse, uh, verse, verse 1 tells us this. It says, run with endurance. Run with endurance. Now, what this verse is telling us is to not stop running. I, I, how, any of y'all in here used to run or used to, I mean, loved to run? Any, any of y'all? Miss Kim, you're the only one. I mean, up until this past year, I, I was running about two and a half miles uh, four or five times a week. I, I love to run. But this is what happens. <clears throat> when, you, when you're getting ready to run, your mind will tell you, look, it's, it's hot outside. It's about to rain. You've run every day this week. You don't really need to run today. I mean, your mind will try and talk you out of it. Y'all know this, right? And this is, this is something else that happens. As you start running and your heart starts to, to start beating and, and your, your body has to, to regulate to your heart start beating, your, your, your mind says, look, see, you're, this, there, there's no sense in this. Just, just stop and walk for, you know, a couple hundred yards. And, and you have to constantly tell, shut your mouth, we're running. We're running. And as you're running, <clears throat> if you run the same course, which I, I did through my neighborhood, it is a perfect two miles from my driveway all the way out to the end of, of, of Lionsgate, around the school, back to my subdivision, and just past my driveway. It's a perfect two miles. So as I'm running, I'll get to about Georgetown, and your body will say, take a break, take a break. And, and you're saying, no, no, no don't, don't take a break. Take a break. When you get up here to right in front of the Georgetown School, just stop for a minute, catch your breath, and keep running. Nah. Your mind is telling you this, but you need to endure. Keep on. Keep on. Keep on running. That's the only way you're going to be able to make it to three miles. That's the only way you're going to be able to make it to a 5K without stopping. Endure. Push through the pain. Now, I've given you this illustration before, <clears throat> but it's a powerful and relevant to the message that we're speaking today. The illustration that I'm going to give you is, is, is about a potato farmer by the name of Clifford Young. Y'all ever heard of Clifford Young? Anybody in here heard of Clifford Young? If any of y'all ever heard of the ultra marathon in Australia? Any of y'all ever heard of that? Y'all have heard of it? Well, it is a, let me, let me find it. It's a marathon between Sydney, Australia, and Melbourne, Australia. It's 544 miles uh, a stretch between the two. Now, this guy, uh, Clifford Young, showed up at the very first ultra marathon. They had been publicizing it. They had been making it. Listen, you're, 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 you're going to do this and this. And, and he shows up on the day of the marathon, and he waits in line with all these runners uh, to, to, to sign up. And he walks up, and he, they're just standing there, and they look at him, and they start laughing. The people behind, they start laughing. Tracy, they think it's funny. He's 61 years old. Six, 61. And he is in work boots and overalls. <clears throat> Signing up for the ultra marathon, 544 mile stretch between Melbourne and Sydney. They looked at him. And they said, "Sir, you you understand what the he? Oh yeah." He said, "I I I know what what's I know what I'm signing up for." He said, "Well, what makes you think you can do this?" He said, "Well, I'm a potato farmer, but I'm also a sheep farmer. When the sheep get out, I have to run them for, you know, 
hours and hours and hours, and I, I don't stop. I, I think I can do this. They said, sir, you, you realize the dent? Yeah, I, I understand. They said, sir, you don't even have your dentures in. The man showed up, no dentures, no running clothes, work boots and overalls, and he signs up. The race starts. The race starts. Now, in the ultramarathon, runners run between 8 and 10 hours, <clears throat> and they stop, and they rest. They sleep. They get up the next morning, and they start running again. After five days, they see the first runner in sight to the finish line. And it's Clifford Young. The 61-year-old in work boots and overalls with no dentures in. They interview him after he wins the race. And they said, sir, you know, what, 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 what did you do? What, what, what is your inspiration? What, what did you do to win this race? He said, you know, how many hours a night did you sleep? He said, sleep? Nobody told me I could sleep. Nobody told me to rest. Clifford, when the, when, when the gun went off to start the race, he started running. He, he was in Melbourne, and he was running towards Sydney. And listen, he did not stop. He did not stop. The man did not stop to, to, to sleep one second, not one minute, until he crossed the finish line. That is endurance. That's endurance. You know, y'all know runners tried to do that years after? And they never could. <clears throat> After the race was over, I think the, the prize of winning the race was $5,000. And Clifford Young didn't realize, he didn't even realize, he said, I, I didn't even know there was a prize. And he felt so guilty that he had won the prize, the, the, he split it between the, the second, third, fourth, and fifth place winners, and he, he walked away with nothing. He finished with endurance. That's a testimony. That is an unbelievable testimony. How are you running your race? Now, there are times that our bodies tell us to quit, but we must finish the race. I think of Rocky's, Robbie Zacharias. He just, he just left us a few weeks ago he ran his race to the very end Dan think of Tara <laughs> lady who worked with the, the sunshine girls Tara passed away a few weeks ago do you realize that since she's passed away others have still received cards that she wrote while she laid on her deathbed she wrote 18 cards to her niece, both her niece, uh, niece, well, the niece that's alive now and a, another baby for her sister just in case the, the child comes. She, she, she finished her race and she's continuing on. She endured to the end. Endured to the end. There are times, church, when we all think we should, we just cannot take one more step in this race. But we must keep going for the glory of God and for those who are watching the race. We need to, to keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus is at the finish line. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
This is why you're running the race for Jesus. I, I remember, Griffin, I remember when I was a child, <clears throat> there were two reasons why I gave my all at everything I, I thought I did. There were two reasons why I gave my all. Number one, the prize, the reward. I wanted that little plastic trophy. And I, I, did, I didn't want the participant trophy. And we didn't have those when I was a kid. The, the championship team got a championship trophy. I wanted that, but I wanted the MVP. I, I, that's, that's what I, I shot for. Well, you, know, you know why? I, I, I played the way I did for the trophy, but there was one other reason. I gave my all when my dad was there. When my daddy was there, I, I, would, I would give everything I had, and he never came to many of my games, but I gave my all when he was there. Church, Jesus is the prize, and he is your father, and he's standing in the throne room of heaven, looking down at us, cheering loudly, saying, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, keep going, don't give up. You're going to make it to the end. Church, we've been given a task that we can't give back. Do you hear me? We have been given a task that we cannot give back. We can only do one of three things with our task. Are you ready? We can do our absolute best no matter the cost to ourselves for the glory of God. We, we can not, we, we can, <clears throat> we do not matter, but the king of the God, kingdom of God matters. We don't matter. We, we must stay in the race for the kingdom of God is worthy of our race. Number two, we can race half-hearted, being satisfied with second or third or fourth or fifth place. I, I'm just not satisfied with that. Are you? Number three. We can quit the race totally and just lay down. <clears throat> now, I, I thank God that the one uh, who, gave, who gave me the task to complete did not quit on me. And therefore, I have and you have no right or privilege to quit on him now. We don't. Where are you in the race? Did you even hear the gun go off? Where are you? How are you running? How are you treating your body to continue to run the race? I can't answer that for you. I can answer it for me. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> Father, we come to you again during this time of invitation asking you to forgive us of our sins. Lord, please forgive us where we fail you. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves right now the way you see us. I pray that you would bring those down to the altar, Lord, for this time of invitation who need a closer walk with you. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come?